So I'm Liam O'Donnell. My name is Josh Alvarez. Wait, fuck, that was recording? <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, man. Shit. <laughs> Welcome to Well, Cine you know Punks. what, though? I don't think we should introduce Evan as, like, our guest. Evan yeah. should just No, Evan's not the guest. I yeah, wanted him so to say his let's name. start but over. Go ahead. I'm still going to leave this in there. All, All right, let's right. start over. Shut up, punk! Josh Alvarez? I'm not saying my name again. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24 of Cinepunks. Is that, Cinepunks. Is that correct? Did you confirm that? It is confirmed, yes, right. confirmed episode 24 of Cinepunks. We, we have to, I feel like we should apologize. It's been a while. We've it's been, been a little we've bit. Been, we've been kind of busy and uh, we had, uh, today was actually supposed to be an interview with uh, Joe Hawk and uh-huh. we couldn't work that out. You know? What was the name of the band that he's in? Hammer and the Hammer Nails? Hammer and the Nails? Yeah, uh, he, and also he's like a serious collector of movie posters. What are those movie posters called that he likes? One sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one sheets and DVDs like and VHS and shit. There's a dimension thing about it, like a blah 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 thing. Yeah, I don't know, probably. Yeah, he I think collects, he just collects like vintage film posters. I think. How do you know this guy? And also pornography. <laughs> how do you, how'd you meet this dude? I met him, not the last year of Chaos and Chaos, but I think like two years before that, and. He was with all the Boston dudes, and we got invited to go tubing down one of the rivers. Yeah. And uh, we knew all the dudes that were with us except for him. And he was just this, like, totally grass dude that has, like, Johnny Cash tattooed on his neck. And we got to the place, and he was like, you know, like everyone else, saying a bunch of, like, really raw, awful shit. So we, we, got, to, we got along right away. And he, like, took his shirt off, yeah. and he has that – he has, like, a spread of, like – Two women in like SS uniforms, like torturing a guy tied to a chair on his stomach. Like Ilsa the She Wolves. Yeah, I think it was like the cover of one of those like uh, Israeli, like, you know, like uh, torture porn Nazi books that came out in the 70s. I've never seen any of those movies. I've never seen Ilsa movies? None of the Ilsa movies. I think I've seen all of them. Are they good? They're fine. Just fine. They're not, yeah, I mean, good is a relative term, I think. (laughs) Yeah. They're not bad. I like I like the like female prisoner scorpion movies more. I don't even know what that is. That's I've like only a whole seen one other of those, thing. But I like Japanese like yeah. trash. Yeah. Right. The thing about Ilsa is I, the one time I got to see it, it was like uh, the copy of Zoom showed, and it was like highly edited. Which one? She Wolf. Yeah. So yeah. my feeling on it was like the whole reason to watch this is that it's like extreme in some sense. It's not even really. So, though. It's not that, but. Watching an edited copy, you know what I mean? It, it's, Seems kind of. It's kind of like when Clint was telling us how 
he likes the chain of strength where they leave in all the guitar leads and how when they took it out it like ruined it for him uh-huh. it's kind of like that with the movie it's like isn't the only reason to watch this is because of the crazy shit so if you cut out all the crazy shit then why am I watching this like there's no <laughs> so I just got bored with it right all that just to say Joe Hawk was going to join us uh, the, the schedule didn't work out but we were all here in Philly so we said we should record because we haven't yeah. had an episode in a while because it's been a minute since we put something up yeah yeah, yeah. it's been so, a little bit you know, but so thank you for being patient. Yeah, thank you for listening too. Yeah, so, totally. you know, uh, we, we've gained some new listeners. We got some hype. A lot of people like that uh, episode we did uh, with my man with the San Diego documentary. Oh yeah, the Bill Perine one. Thanks out again to Bill Perine. Yeah, for much. the awesome movie about San Diego underground music. Yeah, and our and our man Joseph. Uh, and our man Joseph Travesi and Bull Travesi yeah, for helping yeah. us with that interview. That was a really fun I time. Mean, that's the thing. That was a lot of. We we really have to be clear. Like that was Joseph's initiative to do that. Like, yeah. we were interested. We wanted to do it, but he was like, "We should read." Like he pushed us to do yeah. it. Yeah, and the beauty of it is that it's pushed us to do the DC yeah. documentary also. That's going to be, uh, gonna be really probably great. the next episode we do will be March 8th, yeah. where we are going to the DC Underground movie. Mm-hmm. And then, what, so Do you know what the name of the movie? Oh, it's Salad called Days. Salad Days, History of DC Punk from like 1980, 1990, is it? Something like that? I don't think it has dates on it. Oh, it doesn't? No. Are you coming to that, Evan? You coming it's to that? first of Oh well, yeah. Oh, this dude did this documentary, and it's it's doing pretty well. It's played a few places. Yeah, it played. Uh, well, obviously it played DC. I saw actually recently it played Harrisburg, because <laughs> this is something I didn't know. Harrisburg has an indie movie theater. Does it really? Which already puts it above uh, where I live, <laughs> and almost equal with Philadelphia. Which you never want to say Harrisburg is equal with Philadelphia. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. It's kind of a hard thing. Yeah. But hey, whatever. They're already they're screening indie movies over there. Yeah, so my my friend Jeremy went to go see it, and he, he, he loved it? Into it. He was into it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to talk to him about it. Uh, so that'll be cool. But um, yeah, so we're Joseph and Bull are going to join. Or I don't think Bull is going to join us. Joseph, no, Joseph is going to Mike DC is coming? Mike DC is also coming with us. Cool, 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 so, cool. you know, should when, be an interesting when interview. Is that? that is March, March 8th, 8th at Underground Arts. Yeah, uh, so. I'm going to go with you. Okay. And cool. Evan, the and, other and Cinepunk. Evan. I just oh. we need to buy more microphones. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna hang out. I like Mike DC. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Hey, it'll be uh, and then I, sometime in March, we're also gonna be talking to Dan uh, Fraga of Exum Films. Films. So definitely check in for that. And we're we're gonna try to do some more episodes of us just chatting about movies. I mean, we we like doing interviews, and we want interviews to be a solid fifty percent of the show. Yeah, but we haven't had an episode where it's just you and me. No, I mean and someone brought, brought Evan, Evan today. Nah. What the shit, man? No, but we want we want Evan to be part of the network. <laughs> Evan, Evan, Evo, Evo, and Sean, who's only done one, but Sean's tried to come hang out for more, and we yeah. haven't, we haven't been able to work it out. Uh, we, in fact, we had this cool idea to like go in the Poconos, get a cabin, and just watch movies. Yeah, and, and then, then do cats, an episode yeah, of a marathon of movies yeah. amongst the. Uh, our core group of uh, confidants. What if we did a show where we watched a movie and then we, we talked about it for like half an hour and then watched another movie? That might be irritating, but it oh, also might true. be amazing. But here's the other thing that happened. So, uh, it our... looks so antsy right now. Like there's people here watching him. <laughs> Fine. It's cool. It's because I have wooden owls hanging in the room of my recording. It's right over here watching uh, you guys and that. judging. I was too busy looking at that Swizz jacket. I bought the Swizz jacket. So is that a gas station jacket, by the way? Is, so here's the funny thing. Um, Swizz played that show with Soulside at the 930 Club not sure. too long ago. I'm so sad I and, missed uh, that, Yeah, that. I missed it too, and it kind of bummed me out. But I'm also like, you know what? I, I don't know how, how strongly I felt about driving out to D.C. to see Soulside. I would have seen Swizz because they were easily one of my favorite bands. But I was just like, 
you know, just so busy lately and just whatever. Our man Ryan Pattinson put out the merch from the show on shirtkiller.com, of which there was jackets. And I was like, we're getting a Swiss jacket, because I've never owned a Swiss jacket. Sure. And uh, it was $15, and I didn't think anything was wrong. And then I got it, and it is a belly shirt. It comes up, it stops right before where my belt is. So, so what you're saying is I have a Swiss jacket. It's called eBay Gold or Leaves Next Swiss Jacket. <laughs> to be fair, Josh has promised me a treasure trove of extra and large shirts. And I have shirts. them. I have a them for you. A treasure trove of extra large shirts that he could never supposedly wear. <laughs> Although, I, our listening audience should know, Josh is registered for the Broad Street Marathon. Which is... A, is it a marathon or is it, it is, a run? 10 miles from Girls High to the shipyards down Broad Street. That sounds like a nightmare. It is probably – I have never ran more than three miles at any one time on purpose. So uh, I think I may have done five miles like in high school. In high school, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. no. Now <laughs> I know for a fact. Now running a mile, I'm I'm winded. I'm I more than winded. I can run a mile now, which uh, still sounds crazy pants yeah. to me. But uh, yeah, so me and my wife, my thought was there's no way I never win shit. I never win not one lottery ever once in life. And I was like, okay, you got to put your names in. And I signed up with a bunch of people from work, and I was like, there's no way they're going to pick me. My luck is going to be on my side. I got picked to run in this Broad Street run, and now I'm out 43 bucks, and I got to run. So it's cool. I, You know, it's a fun thing me and my wife are doing together. Me and Melania are doing together training and all that stuff. But I'm also like, god damn it. But my point of bringing that miles? up is that a lot of these shirts you're promising me No, you no, can't they're fit yours, in, buddy. They're yours. I think at some point you're going to be able to fit into them after this, all this running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After uh, I die from a heart attack when my heart falls out of my asshole on Broad Street somewhere between Girls High and the Shipyards, and they bury me in a Gorilla Biscuits t-shirt. Sorry, Broad Street's seen worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it has. <laughs> it's pretty fun, though, let me tell you. <laughs> So uh, let's let's start off with our uh, whacking on track. Well, well, first, before we start this, uh, here's my thing. Okay. Now, it's kind of a well-known thing that Evan has a relatively negative slant on things. No. And typically speaking... Evan is a curmudgeon. <laughs> I try to stay upbeat and happy most of the time. Oh, you're introducing the, the topic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it's just going to be whack. important. But here's my thing. It has been a shit show of a couple days lately. It has been a symphony of bodily explosions for me for the past couple weeks. Would you say it's like, a, like a symphony of everywhere. destruction? A symphony of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having the worst fucking week, man. So you know, you know you don't have to yell into the microphone. Yeah, but that was for emphasis. But feel free to judge that, too. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, my whole thing is this. It's been fucking terrible, and I don't feel positive about anything right now. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing is making me happy except for sitting in here with you gentlemen. Aww. You fucking dicks. And we had breakfast. That was good. <laughs> we had breakfast. I know my fake bong noises are making you happy. <laughs> the fake bong noises are wonderful. But my whole theory is then that we've never done an episode where we just hate. And that was my theme for this for today's episode. I, mean, I have so many things to be upset about and I want to get it all out on the internet radio right now. <laughs> to be fair, we're not always positive. I don't think we're like the kind of dudes that are just like, we love every think... movie and everything is great. Well, yeah, but we tend to be a generally happy couple. <laughs> this is the worst Dude, radio Dude, at ever. least it's not Evan, belching. Evan, but just, anyway. Just, just blow it right onto the microphone. <laughs> I fucking moved away from it. What do you want from me, man? I appreciate that you used the tissue. Yeah. 
I, I think you just should have blown it right. Yeah, the right onto the sleeve. This is like the this is the podcast version of Cinema Verite, so we just have to go for it. <laughs> God damn it, I moved away from the microphone, all right? I know, but that was that was false. You should have just stuck it out and blew it right into I the mean, microphone. I thought about it, but I figured you didn't want me to. I thought about it. But anyway, yeah. So that's why my theory is I'm going to give in to the hate. I'm going to give in to the right. dark side. All right. And Don't this whole episode is, is not going to be fun. This is going to be cathartic. Okay. <laughs> so instead of Whacker on track today, we're going to do Whack. That's right, the so first what's, section. What's, what's Whack? Do we want to start Dude, with Evan? Dude, yes. Evan, what has been Whack for you lately? Is it weird that I don't really have much? I know. Is that this, weird? Is, so what? If, what Josh, where are we? What, yeah, we're the only one who has Whack. I feel like I don't have Fucking hell. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. My last pretty good right now oh. yeah, yeah 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 you haven't done anything whack you saw turnstile last night that's that true shit is whack. Night. yeah my ass got paid <laughs> so fuck it whatever i mean so this is this is, so uh for those for those of you who might be wondering what we're talking about last night was this uh turnstile show turnstile is on tour right now with super heaven freedom, freedom. and true love which is no true is not on the tour I thought Trilla was on the tour. I don't think so. Yeah, what no, was that 10 ton hammer about? I thought it was just the three. No, you're wrong. Uh, oh, wait, did they. Oh, Fire, Fire and Ice was supposed to play? Fire and Ice dropped. True Love jumped on. Thank God. Yeah, I hate Fire and Ice. <laughs> um, gosh, Dan, we, we're so good. Hate, 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 baby. Anyway, the point is, they played last night. Lifeless was on it, and so was 10 ton hammer. And uh, 10 ton hammer was great. Yeah. They were real good. Uh, I like Lifeless. They were good. Yeah, Lifeless was uh, dope. I like Freedom. They were good. I also like Freedom. I think True Love is not... That's just not my thing. It's like Fisher Price's My First American Nightmare. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I that's feel, rough. I feel bad about yeah. that. Really nice dudes. Yeah, really into being guys. straight edge, and that's yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, Super Heaven are great guys. That is not my thing. No, not at all. What do they sound like? Uh, they're basically like, uh, well, do you never heard Daylight? It's da- Daylight. Oh, yeah, I remember Daylight. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Why? I don't know, actually. I think they, they got approached by another band named Daylight who threatened to sue them. That would make sense. Yeah. I mean, that sounds logical. We're not talking about the mid-90s, like, popish band. Daylight? Yeah. No, that's probably yeah. the band that threatened to sue Oh, right. It's possible. Wow. This is like, uh, Joe Kane and, uh... That dude, Taylor? Are Taylor. you joking with me? God damn it! <laughs> uh, anyways, they're like a, they're like a, they sound like alternative rock, yeah. you know, like nineties whatever. Yeah, is that a thing now? Uh, yes, definitely. Very popular. These God, days. so when they it... when they first started, they reminded me of a cross between Dinosaur Junior and Hot Water Music. Really? And then as they progressed, they got more and more rocky until now. They just sound like a band that would like have opened the Gin for Blossoms. Nirvana. I don't want to be too dismissive of them because I like them, and I'm sure if you like that kind of music, they seem. Are we talking about the Jim Blossoms now, or, or we're not talking about the Jim Blossoms? Oh, we're talking okay. about Super Heaven. Yeah, I right. mean they're they're doing. Do you really like it? Well. I don't. See, that's what I'm going for. It's not don't my, like. It's not my style. <laughs> I mean, again, <laughs> and then Turnstile headline, and here's the thing: no one in this room likes Turnstile, so we can put that out there. Yeah. But a also again, super nice, nice dude. They were so nice, and the kids who do like, I will say this: watching the crowd, which to be fair, I was watching the crowd because kids were stage diving off of the PA's, which is not cool. So I was there to try to describe. Was, Wait, was it like the one pole with the speaker on it, and then someone standing on that, or was it no, like no, there was right. a pile of speakers, yeah. but it okay. was not solemn enough for you to jump off of? Right. And when you jump off that high, Have whoever you land you guys on is like ever hurt. stage dove in your life? Yeah. You've done it Shit a couple times. times, but not that much. I'm skinny. I'm, I'm skinny as shit. Of course, I'm stage dive. I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. Are you Are you about to say that you don't stage dive? Yeah, and that's not a surprise. No, I will kill. I mean, 
I'll kill. It'll be more like the like Indiana Jones of the Boulder, like rolling down with me, stays. Especially guy. because this, I'd be playing the Boulder, not Indiana Jones. And to be clear, for for our listeners who are not into the core. You're picturing stage diving like in a 90s movie where someone just sort of lays <laughs> on but top when you of stage dive that's called a crowd server. <laughs> yeah, crowd serving is what you're probably picturing. When you stage dive at a hardcore show, you generally flip in yeah. some way into the crowd or you do whatever. My favorite and move so, is the feet first stage dive. Oh my god. That's real fucking disrespectful. Really? Wow. That's the worst fucking well, thing. Well, me and Evan saw Napalm Death recently and there mm. were some really bad stage dives. Yeah. There, here are the things that peeve me about, about stage dive. Number one, when you stage dive when there's no music playing. Fucking kill yourself. Number sure. two, when you stage dive feet first. Fucking kill yourself. Number three, when you're bigger than you should be and you damn well know who the fuck you are and you think it's a good idea just to throw yourself on top of like the little girls in the front and all that stuff. So that's why you don't stage dive. Because I'm a good man. I almost got into a fight at that Napalm Death show. Did you really? That's why I left like 15 minutes into their set. Who fought you? Well, some like some like mall metal doofus was crowd killing in the back, and me and some people were standing by the sound booth. Uh huh. And this dude kept trying to crowd kill me, and I kept grabbing him. I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out, go up front. Yeah. And he did it again. I did the same thing, and then he finally like gave me the like whatever, and like walked up to his friends and started pointing at me, and I gave him the finger. And I was like. Yo, fuck you, man. Like, whatever. How can that happen? Every, Why did you come get me? Every fucking time I go to a show, that shit happens. I, dude, the way I've been feeling right now, I would have clotheslined somebody. Oh, yeah, I don't give a shit. I mean, if that dude wouldn't fight me, fuck him. Like, whatever. Ah, and we had Jersey Rick with us, man? Yeah. Dude, that's like having the Terminator in a Smurf War. <laughs> are you kidding me? You guys are weird. I'm just saying. Like, Okay. I'm not one to add. Okay. I I want to talk about that show. Let me finish what I was saying, though, which is this. Uh, I was only watching the crowd to prevent idiots from jumping off the PA, but watching the crowd react to Turnstile is actually really fun. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah. Are they young kids that like this band? Yeah. For the most part, but there were some amusing exceptions. Also, people I really respect. As human uh, beings that really like that band. Right. I mean, it's surprising. I get the feeling that some of the people who like that band generally like heavier bands. And this is like the most easy listening band that they listen to is this uh-huh. band. And that like it's amusing for them to dance. Because to be fair, though, a lot of Turnstile kind of reminds me a little bit of like 311 or Downset. Uh, Yo, Downset blows. <laughs> But they have, but they do occasionally have breakdowns, and I think that's what people are into: is that like, oh, we're having fun and jumping around, and then then, oh, sick breakdown! I'm gonna just go nutballs and just hit everyone. And I was like, oh my god! Like people were going crazy, and it was, I mean, it was a little, it was a little batshit for that room, but Uh overall, it was amusing. Man, so I want to hear about that. I couldn't go to that Napalm Death show. Uh, and I want you guys to tell me about it. I, Evan told me a little bit about it, but I think we should tell our listeners about it. So, Napalm Death is on this tour with Voivod. It's Voivod. Exhumed. Exhumed. Iron Reagan. Um, Rainworm. Rainworm played Rainworm. a couple dates. And, uh... What's the first band that played? Something Black, Black Crown Initiate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they they were bad. Philly, they're from Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. I don't hate that band, yeah. but I don't like that. I don't... They're not a thing that I'm into. It's, yeah. like, not a style I like. They're a little. They're too technical for you. Don't like that kind of. I style. hate that shit. Yeah. You hate like Dillinger Escape Plan. Like I don't like. They're that. not like Dillinger Escape Plan though. They definitely are more like epic. Yeah. Uh, they have technical parts, but they have a little bit also of like a. Uh, like B- BC Rich playing fucking uh, Guitar Center uh, tech metal wow. dirt shit. I like 
I, I like some of that. I don't like that band, yeah. but I like that style. What style? What bands of that style do you appreciate? Like that uh, you like? Uh, Would Botch count? No, 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 no. You are so out of your I'm league. I'm so on this old. One. I'm so fucking old. Go on. You, think, <laughs> I'm think... so closer to the end of my life than the beginning. But go ahead. <laughs> botch is so good. I love Botch. No, it's not that Botch is bad. It's that you're going in a realm. You're picturing dudes no... who would be into the core yeah. instead of dudes. That are metal? With shoulder-length hair and goatees who take bong hits. And dudes that wear, like, gauntlets unapologetically. Skeleton Witch? These are like, uh, uh, Skeleton Witch is a thrash band, though. That's very thrashy. This is not thrash. (sighs) More like, more like, like a a harder Yngwie Malmsteen, I think would be appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Dude. I also feel a little bit... Just when you said that just now, my testicles ascended into my pelvic girdle. I feel a little bit in them of... And I uh, feel a little bit scared. It makes you sad, right? Yeah. I get a little flavor from them of uh, Between the Buried and Me, but... I don't know what that band sounds like. Oh, I love that. I actually love that band. Between the Buried and Me? Yeah. uh, Well, the last... Are they a Christian band? No, not at all. (laughs) Why you gotta be like that? Josh hate, is, hate, hate, baby! Josh is in the most antagonistic <laughs> mood right now. No, between the brain and me, they're like technical, they have singing parts, you know, yeah. whatever. I, I dig it. I'm good. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part, I actually don't appreciate melodic elements in metal, but I think that Between the Buried and Me does it pretty well. And it's more on the epic. If you're going to do it, I would prefer on the epic side. And the same is true of Black Crown Initiate. Like, I think they have very epic parts, but for some reason, it just doesn't connect. Like, I, I right. listened to, I only listened to a few songs on the latest album, but I was just like, it's fine. I wouldn't leave the room while they were playing, but I will not buy a record. Wow. Wait, who are you talking about? Black Crown Initiate. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I... I walked in as they were playing and ran into. Do you know uh, Nick? Jewish Nick? Jewish Nick? I mean, that, that's what I was introduced to him as, like, over a decade ago. Snackman, also, if you're. Oh, no. yes. Yeah. yeah. So you mean Reverend Snackman? Is sure. His name on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I met him as uh, uh, a former Easternite, mm. which doesn't help me since he's not a current Easternite. So no, it's not like we're going to hang out. What's up, Justin Lore? And, uh, and he lived. He grew up, like, two blocks from where I live now, which yeah. is, again, Cool, I guess. But yeah, I met him when we were both teenagers, and he was Jewish Nick. I think that's great, actually. Because wow. he, was, he was a Jewish Nick. And he met his brother, and they look, McCardle, like, yeah. they look like they're not related. They're not. Oh. They're brothers by marriage. Oh, okay. Oh. That's, that actually makes sense. Yeah. They're, they're very good. They're both really nice. Yeah, just, I've known, I've known just, both of them at, for years. This is hardcore. Years. Justin Lore was like, you should meet all these Lehigh Valley people. Only, like, none of them live in the Lehigh Valley anymore. So I'm no. like, that doesn't help me. How is that helpful? I mean, they're nice people, but I'm like, cool. I live where you used to live, but you left because you were smart. <laughs> I love the question, how is that helpful? <laughs> it's so amazing. I mean, I'm not trying to bust on Laura. It's more of a statement, really, than a question, yeah. which is what makes it hilarious. <laughs> but anyway. So he, you saw him on your way out. Well, no, I saw him when I walked in, and they were playing, and he's like, oh, I know these dudes. I hang out with them all the time. So I was just like, all right, cool, and I just shot the shit with him while they were playing, and I was like, yeah, yeah. this is not Here's my the thing. thing, though. They are dudes who are very good at playing their instruments, and they know they're good at playing their instruments, yeah. and that's not your style. You would prefer a band that's pretty good at playing their instruments, but is better at like being crazy and like being assholes. That's I don't think more. that's true at all. I think that's more your style. I, I like plenty of bands that are good at playing their instruments. <laughs> Which bands do you like that are good at playing their instruments? I love Ringworm. Okay, that's they fair. were pretty good. Yeah, man. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, tell me. So, the first band that played here's what you need to know that, that you missed at that show. Well, here's what you need to know. Okay. Number one, 
Even though, from a core perspective, we think that ringworm would fit well in a metal bill, they do not. They no. think they do. They, they, they are convinced they're a metal band. They can wear the blackest t-shirts they can find and rip off all the sleeves. They can grow their hair as long as they fucking want. But guess what? They look just as out of place at a metal show as they did at This Is Hardcore. But that's the thing. I've seen ringworm like a lot of times over the past couple of years. Their response has always been shitty. Really? They're one of those bands that people... Claim well, to like? I've definitely seen them where people have gone off. Yeah, but like they don't—they never get the response that they deserve. People—people people seem to like act like they like Ringworm to make it seem like they're cooler, but I don't think they actually like Ringworm. I mean, I—I I will say this: that they are, in my mind, one of the most underrated bands in heavy music. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I agree with them to the extent that they don't need to be playing hardcore shows because they are musically more interesting than a lot of hardcore bands. I also agree with them. But they've been playing hardcore shows for so long, it's hard for them at their age with that crowd to then just show up and start playing metal shows. I don't think it's impossible. And the new album, anyone who likes metal and then tells me like, oh, I don't really like that new Ringworm album. Like, it's too hardcore. I'm like, oh, clearly you don't know anything about music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've often said that I don't trust people that don't like Ringworm. And it's true. <laughs> I will say, uh, not that he listens to the podcast, though he should. Uh, Mikey Smack told me he didn't like Ringworm because he only saw them once, and he didn't like that uh, Human Furnace had wristbands on. What that a him out. What a, what a <laughs> pussy! God, <laughs> God damn it! Danzig wears wristbands. It's that's what I said. Thank you. Come on. His name is Human Fucking Furnace. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, my feeling on that was like, look, if I'm gonna pretend, bet- if I'm gonna choose between. Uh, costume punks and costume metalheads. I'm gonna take costume metalheads. I like. Time. I'm costume punks all the way. I know you are. Yeah. Man, I have no opinion. Did you ever? Did you ever hear a story about Human Furnace and Clint at the Zarkon? Yes, that's. Did I ever tell you that? No, tell me the story. Remember the the one? The, have you been in the men's bathroom at Soy Barum? Uh, yeah. Remember how the first stall had no door? Yeah, and it was always the cleanest. Right. That was the one that Clint would always take a shit in at the Zarkor because it was always the cleanest stall. And the one day he was taking a shit before Ringworm played, and Human Furnace like walked in to like wet his hair in the sink, and he like you know like dipped down and wet his hair, and when he threw his hair back, he like locked eyes with Clint in the mirror, and I guess Clint just waved to him and said, "Hey, Human Furnace," and he's wow. just like, "What's up, man?" and then walked out. That is the greatest story I've ever heard today. That to me <laughs> shows so how how comfortable with himself Clint is. Yeah, for sure. If if I locked eyes with anyone. Almost, I think almost anyone, whilst I was pooping, I would not have the wherewithal to be like, hey, man. I'd be like, you caught me. I'm yeah. pooping right now. But it's, hum- it's human furnace. Like, you know. Hey, I've, okay. I've met him a number of times, and I've always addressed him as human furnace. Now, I know Evan doesn't like Iron Reagan, but did you enjoy Iron Reagan? I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. That was the other thing that you should know that you missed. That um, Tony was way funny. Yeah, I, I was, mentioned it. I was surprised it, at how funny it was. It was hilarious. Really, it was really, really funny. I mean, like it was. It was. I, I guess he's still wacky municipal waste guy and all that stuff. That's not going to change. But like he was doing spirit fingers and he's telling tons of jokes that were weren't they funny? Like it was yeah, some were funny. They covered glue. That was cool. They did. Yeah, they covered. You moshed, didn't you? I did. I moshed for the two covers because yeah. the old man. That's the old songs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because then they they played Glue and then um, Exum played uh, Ready to Fight. Oh and yeah, just great. Like, okay, yeah. Well, I'm not going to stand here while that happens. You know, now, Evan said Exum yeah. was bad. They were fine. I mean, yeah. like they had the chainsaw. 
They did have that. And they mm. had a Alice Cooper style guillotining, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. The last time I saw them was in uh, Maryland Death Fest, and they they held up the guitars where it said "Gore fucking metal" on the backs of their guitars. That's pretty. They dope. didn't do that this time, so that was kind of bummer. But whatever, man. I mean, like, yeah, like you know. I mean, the last time I saw them was like ten years ago, and they were just like straight metal, but like they didn't have any like no theatrics, no theatrics, no crazy shit. They just like, do you play. like theatrics with your metal? Not normally. I'm not so sure if I do either. Yeah. I saw Alice Cooper this summer, and that was fine, but that's because it's Alice Cooper. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm watching like White Zombie and they're doing shit, that's cool. Yeah, but it's also, it's also cool because I'm watching White Zombie. <laughs> no, thank you. You're, you're high. <laughs> uh, let's. I, I love Exhumed, so I think I still would have enjoyed it. I get. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't not enjoy it's it. Like, it's like hard to say. Like when the theatrics pour over into corny, or you know, what I mean, it's a fine line that you walk. You and know, sometimes I mean? it's sometimes it's the opposite. Like I actually think half-assed theatrics are actually are worse funnier. than like if someone's fully into it, like everything's gonna explode in fire, and then I'm gonna like spit blood. I'm like, yo, that guy's really <laughs> owning it. But when a band's like, oh, we got this thing. All right, that was our one thing. Then it's yeah. like, ah, that's not interesting. Dude, I think it's hilarious. I every it doesn't matter how good on the spectrum of goodness your theatrics are. I will always think of the Stonehenge scene from Spinal Tap. Yes, the fucking yes. dwarves dancing around the little Stonehenge. That's the only thing I think of when you're doing whatever it is you think you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm thinking when when bands do that shit. Yeah, but it brings me to the other thing that you missed that was amazing was there's yeah. this young gentleman in the Fuck. pit that was wearing a long sleeve PlayStation T-shirt. What we. Like, automatically noticed him because he was yeah. amazing. Why? It was incredible. Dude, he was doing calisthenics and like <laughs> 90s MC Hammer dances in the middle of the pit. Dude, and it was he was going the whole show, every band, dude. It was amazing. Yeah, not like... Norm, normally a dude like that would be like, oh, that's really fucking embarrassing. But that dude just didn't give a shit. Not and like one was, shit. He was doing like, the brush his shoulders off. Yeah, it was great. Oh my god, it was so beautiful. He was like a young kid that didn't fucking care and was just being weird. It was great. <laughs> it was so good. And he's wearing a PlayStation long sleeve. Yeah, it was. He was the coolest dude of the night. Yeah, cooler for sure. than uh, yeah, definitely cooler than every single person. It was funny too. There's no, like, Jim Winters was there, so he's not cooler than Jim yeah, Winters. But true. you know, who is though? Really? Sure. You know what I mean? That's fair. So that was good. Then Voivod went on, and I fucking hate Voivod. Do you like that band? I like Voivod. I couldn't take it at I all. I don't. I don't. I didn't really want to see Voivod play for like an hour and a half. Yeah, that was a long time. But I don't know. They're fine. I think any amount of time of Voivod is too much. Work. I think I think the dude looks like Kelsey Grammer now, and he that does. kind of threw me off a little he bit. He looks just like this. He looks like Robert Pollard from uh, Guided by Voices, but yeah. they didn't sound at all like Guided by Voices. But I mean, like Voivod influenced a lot of bands that I like. Yeah, like, I get that. Like an Epsi, like I fucking love an Epsi. And they're never going to kick your grandfather in the shit. nuts, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I get it. It's cool. Yeah, but it is what it is. I don't know. I still could get like into I it. wouldn't be into it on that show. Yeah. It was a rough style, man. I gotta say, I had a they, hard time with it. They, they played a lot of they played a lot of shit that like I didn't care about, though. Yeah, that was a problem. I thought Napalm were good. I thought they were. I mean, you know, they're a fun time, and they're just brutal, man. Like they're still brutal after all I, these years. Here's the thing about Napalm. I uh, when I was missing, I was I knew I was going to miss that show. I made uh. a Spotify playlist, and it was like the bands that I wanted to see at the show, and I added all the Napalm that was on Spotify, like it's every a lot. Band. And I thought, a lot of it's on there. And I thought, this is going to be bad, because there's going to be Napalm I don't like on here. Mm. And turns out, I like a lot of Napalm Death. A lot of it sounds different. Like, they've definitely uh, tried different styles over time and uh-huh. worked in different elements over time. Yeah. But there was maybe a few songs on each record that I was like, oh, I don't really like this. 
for the most part, I like Napalm Death. I, I Again, I'm not like going to get a Napalm Death tattoo, <laughs> but I think they're one of the most consistent bands in heavy music for me that just really puts out stuff that I think is good. It definitely made me miss like elements of grind music that I used to love. Did you guys, were you into grindcore and like... Evan doesn't like grind, has right. never liked grind. You never liked like Brutal Truth or any of those I things. hate Brutal Truth. I like Ass Suck a lot. Yeah, I like Ass Suck a lot, um, too. I don't know. It really depends. How about, like, Power Violence? Do you like, like, Power Violence and stuff? Not a lot of it. No? See, I like Crossed Out. Shit. I like Drop Dead. Yeah, Crossed Out, Drop Dead. My favorites were, like, yeah. MK Ultra. Yeah. Bands like that. Oh, uh, MK Ultra's love, good. Love I just got that, that one seven inch the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which, dude, they're, so, they're all awesome. The one MK what Ultra is, song. What is your favorite grind bands, though? Like, just so people. Oh, no comments, great. People who are listening who maybe aren't familiar with the genre, what bands would you say are like a central? Assuck, definitely. I think yeah, Assuck is huge. Yeah, Misery Index by Assuck is the perfect record in my mind. Yeah. I love that record. What about Misery Index? Uh, you know what? Misery Index are fine. The, I mean. They, I think Misery Index is weird because it's like. The every, drummer sings. There's almost no show. I, I can't think of a show where there hasn't been at least one dude in a Misery Index shirt. But uh, if Misery Index plays, 30 people, people pay. Yeah, no one comes out. It's like out, Misery yeah. Index is that band that everyone says, again, like you were saying with the, uh, Ringworm, it's one of those bands that everyone says they like, but mm. if you book Misery Index, you're losing money. Like, no one comes. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. It's it funny, though. It is a though, huge like, bummer. They've played the M Room so many times and so rarely sold it out. But that place also like, blows. Yeah, the M Room's terrible. But that's, you know... Oh god, I hate to say this in case someone is in this category. If your band plays the M Room regularly, You're that's a bad so sign. Well. Yeah, yeah. Now, bad hey Angel played there a couple times. It was never fun. Yeah. <laughs> Spe- anyway, so what are some other? Speaking essential- of grind, you like porno grind a lot, right? No. <laughs> you what sure? Porno grind. Evan is messing with you. I don't right even now. know. What you're porno- like you're is that a big a like thing? you're big like Meat Shits fan. You're a big Anal Cunt fan. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> but I think it's funny. Big like Cum Sock fan. Definitely not. A, I've. No, never heard comes <laughs> Big tortured hooker fan. He's definitely fucking with you right now. I don't know what's happening. Just, I want to hear from you, Josh. If if you were gonna pick like the 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 key grind bands, you said a few. But what um, else would you recommend people to check out? If you're like, these are the grind bands that matter to me. Um, I don't know if it's grind necessarily. Well, Drop Dead, I think, is like essential. We can squish. We're gonna squish together grind and power violence, even though in some ways they're very different. They're uh-huh. related genres. My favorites. Yeah. MK Ultra, okay. Polatka, you remember Polatka? I do remember Polatka. Fucking End of Irony LP. Oh my god, so good. CR, I think, are the ultimate power violence band. I love I still have CR. Never listened I to don't like band. CR. Oh my god, I always loved CR. They were like one of my favorite favorite. The first time I saw CR was with Dead Guy and Ink and Dagger. And, uh, really? It was with Dead Guy and Ink and Dagger. It was a Unabomber show at the church, and it was the first time I saw Ink and Dagger, and I had no idea what to expect. I just remember I got down into the basement and Bricks, who sings for uh, CR, was naked, jumping on people. And then Dead Guy went on and it was like fucking, dude, come Dead on. Guys, remember Dead remember when that was a trend things. at shows? Just dudes getting naked Just being naked for no reason? Yeah. I never understood that shit. I hated that. That was, yeah. a th- that was definitely a thing for a while. That was a bummer. I get it when the guy from Limpress gets naked. That makes sense. Does Limpress count? I guess that's more punk. Yeah, Limpress yeah. definitely punk. Yeah, I, I would love say that's more of the punk side. Are you guys at the last Limpress show? Limp- no, I, actually, I haven't seen Limpress since they played Pointless Fest. Why do you, like, why do you guys think Limpress isn't considered a hardcore band? Like, I think they are a hardcore punk band. Sure. But I, think, I don't think people think of them that way. Like, even when they play, a lot of the crowd is punks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think because hardcore dudes don't have that interest in that band. Have you guys probably. heard that, um, 
What was that? What's that demo that Phil Sanish told me to check out? The transgender. Oh, that gloss. Gloss. That uh, is fucking awesome. I haven't listened to that, but so I know people good. are like championing the shit. Yeah, out of dude, it. it's really, really, really fun. Literally, Phil sent it to me with as a suggestion for this is hardcore, and I was like, I don't think Joe's gonna go for this. <laughs> yeah, Joe definitely not but go for this. This is amazing, dude. I only heard the band campus stuff. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's so good, dude. Interesting. It's really, really fun. It's like that fun kind of. I don't you know. like fun though, man. Yeah, I don't know. Might not be I think you might still like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Evan, you don't like any. You only like some very rare grind. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Do you like like D beat and all that stuff too? Oh, dude, that was my shit when I was in yeah. high school. Right. Like all black spiked hair, bullet belt, another <laughs> that, belt. You and Evan share a lot in the punk realm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to. I, I used to play in a punk band. Right. We played yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just never. Uh, it's weird because a lot seems of seems like our friend Liam wasn't there. Yeah, no, real I, well, this is what's this is what's funny. I think uh, we sh- actually share in common that we all got into hardcore through punk, right? Like we were into punk first. Yeah, absolutely. Is that true for you, Josh? No, hardcore no? for me came. Here's what it was. I had a tape, a ninety minute tape that was one side Fugazi, thirteen songs, and the other side was Morrissey, Kill Uncle. Oh, and that was the weird cross section. My friend Ed had this idea for a Halloween costume, and it was bling bling Che Guevara. So he dressed up like Che Guevara, and then the cross section was the cigar, which then led to the bling bling Jay Z. And uh, that tape for me is the cigar because it was like this weird crossover between nineties British alternative and harder music. Of... That's funny. Someone made me a tape that was like that, but instead of Morrissey on the other side, it was uh, Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, No Tears. Uh, so I got Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, No Tears on one side, and then uh, Fugazi. 13 songs. It was 13 songs, and then a few songs from Repeater. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, so good. Yeah. God damn but, it. But, so I feel like I know a lot of dudes who got into hardcore via metal, mm-hmm. and so you would think, since I got into it via punk, I would still have a thing for punk, but... I don't like. I don't dislike punk, but it, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. It's like when I started going to shows, the dudes who were the least welcoming and most shitty to me were punks. Right. And when I went to punk shows, I was always like sort of treated in a weird way. And then when I started going to hardcore shows, it was mm-hmm. the exact opposite experience. So I think even though a lot of the old punk I like, I never got into the more contemporary. Like I never started going to enough shows to be like, Oh, the casualties. Like, by the time I saw the casualties, I was already in big pants and listening to, like, Beatdown. God, fucking, I love the casualties. I just couldn't get into it. And it was because if I had seen the casualties when I was 14, I would, I would, oh, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, this is my thing. But by the time I was, I think I saw them when I was 16. Yeah. I, again, like, literally, at 16. You are already into I was fat big pants, Adidas. No, 100%. (laughs) Let's talk more about Fat Nuts while we're on it. Yo, Fat Nuts is so good. Yeah, no doubt. That should be the intro, the outro or intro music for this. The intro is going to be... Just Can't Hate Enough by Sherry Terror. Yeah, totally. Because that's the theme. Okay, so... um, We should get Fat Nuts for the fest. We've been talking a lot lot about music, which I have no problem with, but uh, part of the reason this was inspired was actually you wanted to complain about a movie. Yeah, because I I saw... Let's move move into you talking about that, because we haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I would like you to say a little bit about it. So I saw Jupiter Ascending this week, (laughs) last week. I saw the SpongeBob movie in the same weekend that I saw Jupiter Ascending, and I had a lot more fun at the SpongeBob movie. There's a SpongeBob actually, movie. Oh my I've god, it's great! Good it's so good. The yeah, movie. it's such a good time. I'm not. It's a live action in some way. SpongeBob. Yeah, 
It's and pretty brilliant. They leave the cartoon world, which is in the ocean, yeah. to come on land to find something. And yeah. it's like live action with computer generated SpongeBob interacting with people. It's so it's, it's like that Simpsons episode where he goes through the dimension and he's like uh, walking up the street and he goes into the erotic cake shop. <laughs> Do you it's, know that Franklin Fountain used to be an erotic cake shop too? Did it really? It what? used to be so. The way that we found Franklin Fountain, this is a bit of a tangent. Because you were looking for erotic such, cakes. So Edo no. people are on the edge of their seat for your Jupiter Ascending review. Let me just tell this funny story and I I'll get to it. I think it's great. No, I want you to tell it, but I so, think it's funny. Um, I remember it was like a weird, it was after a shit winter, and it was a spring day, and everybody in Belgas was like, yo, we're going to go hang out at Rittenhouse Square and just chill in a park because it's sunny out. And I went, and I met up with everybody, and it was fine. And then me and Justin Gray were like, yo, let's go for a walk. So we just started walking, and we were like, let's go to the comic book store, let's go to Brave New Worlds, we're on our way to Brave New Worlds, and uh, when we were there looking at comic books, we are like, let's go to AKA, so we were looking at records, and then while we were there, some kid came out and he was like, yo, there's this ice cream store that just opened that's serving ice cream from 1905, and me and Justin were like, sweet, so we went, and it was at Second and Market, and this is the Franklin Fountain, which is now an amazing place that we go to often. Love it. But at the time, they had just opened. The Burl Brothers had just opened it, and they were the only people working there, and they had these twirly-ass mustaches, and they gave us all this ice cream because they were like, oh, this is new. You should try it. And me and Justin were like, this is the sweetest shit ever. This is so awesome. And then Justin was like, wait a minute. This place used to be erotic cakes. And I was like, what the fuck is erotic cakes? And he was like, they used to make cakes in the shapes of dicks and tits and stuff. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. And I accepted that and then just kept on eating ice cream. Does erotic cakes make sense to you guys? Is that a thing that like it's gonna make sense when you buy me one for my birthday? <laughs> I am not yeah, going with to do that. the biggest dick we can find. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be July twenty second at Sujing. You're you're showing up with a dick cake. <laughs> if we have to make it ourselves, I'm doing it. Damn right. But anyway, so hey, I don't I don't know. Here's the thing. Let's say you make a cake, right? Uh huh. And you make it into a you know big set of boobs or a nice booty or something. Uh huh. Nothing about that is erotic for me. Like, I don't know why that would turn me on. And, in fact... No one's going to jerk off to an erotic cake. It's there because it's hilarious. I'm assuming that's why, but then why do we call it erotic? They, I don't they know. They should be called funny cakes. That's a funny... Funny cake. erotic cakes. I got a really good story about Franklin Fountain, too. I don't know if I've Go ahead. This. I want to hear it. Uh, there was a while where Clint was trying to just, like, set me up with women, even if they were strangers. We It was like... Me and Phil and Aaron and Clint and I think Olivia maybe, mm-hmm. and we were, we all went to Franklin Fountain. And what was even weird is I ran into my sister and her husband because they were in town for some reason, right? And they were there, but they they weren't anywhere near me when I said this thing, and I'm really glad that they weren't. Mm-hmm. So we're standing in the back, and this like woman that was there by herself just like walks up and stands behind us, and Clint just shows me to her, and he's like, "Hey, have you met my friend Evan?" And like I was not having it. I didn't want to talk to this woman at all, <laughs> and she's just like trying to make small talk for some reason instead of just being like oh, yeah, yeah and she asked what i did for a living and i was just like i'm you know working on killing myself <laughs> just like really like off the cuff like not even thinking about it and God she's just like it. i'm sorry and i said it again <laughs> and she was just like huh and then clint was like well what do you what do you do for a living and she's like oh i'm a painter and clint was like oh that's really that's really convenient because evan's working on painting the wall with his brain matter and we all like fucking lost it and we're like laughing and like looking, looking acting like maniacs oh 
And we turned around. I feel so bad for this person. So good. We turned around, and this woman was like halfway up the block, like totally done with it. Didn't want ice cream anymore. Wow. Wait, she she gave up on ice cream because yeah. of you? She probably thinks I'm dead now too. That's amazing. I this story actually became sad for me when I imagined her leaving because <laughs> Frankie Fauni is like so good. Imagining her being like, I just can't even be here. You also called her Frankie Fauni just sure. now. Yeah, we all do that. We also watched. You a do club... that too? No, fuck no. I watched a I watched a club girl throw up across the street in that alley. Oh, it's and so then good. try and like she came in a Franklin fountain and locked herself in the bathroom with her friends. And her one friend was, like, shoving her hands down this girl's throat to make her throw up more. And then she came over to me and tried to put her, like, puke hands in my face. Oh, and man. And in front of, like, families and strangers, yeah. I just screamed, get your fucking puke hands away from me. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, freaked out on her. Oh. That was awful. Speaking of awful, this reminds me of Jupiter Ascending, the movie I saw last <laughs> week. Let me tell you that something. That was a great transition. Yo, that movie is... See, I spoke with Eric about it from Film Mocha, and Eric was like, it's not any worse than any other shitty movie that's sci-fi based. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. But these are the people that did The Matrix. And to be fair, not even all the matrices are good, right? Like, just the first one, really, is the only one worth watching. But then beyond that, I thought Cloud Atlas was okay. You know, I had fun time with it. Here's the thing. I like Cloud Atlas, actually. And... I really want to see. There's a four-hour cut of Cloud Atlas. Is there really? Uh, that they're going to put out on Netflix pretty soon. Woo. And uh, supposedly, like people who've seen it are like, it's amazing and really it makes the movie way better. Really, I'm stoked. I'm in. I'm in. Well, this movie was the opposite of that. They needed had bothered. Yeah, this is one of those like, dude, what are you guys doing? That just like, they, it really. They're, they're, the story is so convoluted. That there was a point where I thought I was just falling asleep and then waking up perpetually throughout the movie because none of it made any sense to me. I had the same feeling that I had when I saw Inherent Vice. It was just like... Dude, don't talk shit on Inherent Vice. Inherent Vice was some bullshit. I still haven't seen that. Fuck that movie. But, I heard it was good. Uh, it was real good. Nope. Anyway, this, this movie, though, let me tell you, man. You got Channing Tatum skating around on space rollerblades with a shield that pops up, a lightsaber shield that pops up out of his wrist. And he has to fight to save Mila Kunis, who is like a Russian Cinderella, but then she's like the progeny or at least somewhat descended from, oh God, it's so bad, dude. It's so bad. They had dragon people in it. They had uh, like these draconian looking dudes. If you remember the TSR books when they had the draconians, they yeah, had those I do guys remember in there. Those. Yeah, those are fun. I mean, it looked beautiful, but it was abysmal. The storyline, the dialogue... The action sequences were salvageable. That's the best thing I can say about this movie. That's a shame because uh, after Cloud Atlas, I thought, you know, a lot of people hated on Cloud Atlas, but I thought, well, you know, the Wachowskis are doing interesting things. They're pushing the envelope. I'm excited to see their next movie. I'm sure it'll be interesting, and I've heard nothing but bad things. Dude, Eddie Redmayne? That's not true. A few people have defended it, and I just... Enough other people have dissed it that then when people defend it, I side-eye them like... To, right? well, I kind of feel like the defense of it is just to be antagonistic. It's just trolling because everybody hates it so much, and rightfully so. That does happen sometimes. I hate this movie. I hated it. It was like two hours something long. Me and Melani were in the most comfortable theater in the Eastern Seaboard for me, which is the Marlton 8, Marlton, New Jersey. What's up, AMC? Give us a shout out. And uh, yeah, it was fucking... They do have comfy seats. Dude, it's the best. But man, so bad. 
So bad. How do you feel about them as directors? Like, if you were thinking about their overall output, what do you do? You, do, you, do you trust them? Do you like them? Do you feel like there's? I will shit? always give them a shot because they will always, at the very least, have a viable visual style that you can pick out. You can yeah. say this is a Wachowski movie. Yeah. However, everything beyond that falls apart so horribly at this point that it's almost not worth it. But it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful movie. That's the Evan, thing. do you like any of their movies? Are you a fan? I don't I don't think so. Did you like you The Matrix? Oh, no. I fucking hated The Matrix. Hated The Matrix. Hated Why the did Matrix. you hate The Matrix? Because boring shit. Like, <laughs> I don't even understand was, what you're saying right now. The, like, that whole movie was just like a build-up to that one scene where he's in the hallway and he's doing that like slow-motion jumping shit while all those like, Agent Smith dudes were shooting at him. And, like That part was cool, but the rest of it, it was like all that build-up for like... For that, that like wasn't five minutes payoff. of payoff. Yeah, eh, fair. I don't know. I can't. I can't agree. <laughs> I enjoyed the Matrix. I thought I, it was really I, fun I until agree, I saw Matrix I will agree Two for both the sequels. I think. Oh, lot, I didn't even. A lot of people those. parse out and defend the sequels. Nope. You know, some people like two but don't like three. Some people like three don't like two, and whatever. I saw both the sequels opening day in the theater. So stoked. Even after I didn't like the second one, I was like, they're going to pull it out for the third one. It was just a transition movie. The third one will be great. And I think both movies are just bad. I think they're bad movies, which is so So do you trust the Wachowskis now? I will still go see. Well, here's the thing. After The Matrix is, and then um, mixed feelings about Speed Racer. Oh, yeah. Speed Racer. I forgot about that one. I think it's actually really interesting. When I first saw it, I didn't like it. And then when I rewatched it, I thought, oh, actually, this is kind of cool. But it wasn't enough to sell me on them. Uh, it was really Cloud Atlas. I was like, oh, maybe I do like yeah. their movies. And so it's such a bummer to hear. I mean, I, I need to see Jupiter Ascending. I need to make my own You have to up. know the enemy before I, you yeah, get exactly. So, But it just sucks because most of the people I trust have already said. It's one of those movies. There are certain movies you should probably see if you're going to see them right when they come out. So that you don't get spoiled by everybody else's opinion. Yeah. You know, another movie like that, which I think I won't, I wouldn't like anyway, so I don't think it's a big deal. But I kind of wish I had seen American Sniper when it first came out. Yeah, I we watched, talked about this. I didn't. watched the first like ten minutes of it because Donnie downloaded a screener of yeah. it. It's it's fine, I guess. I, don't know. I just I've had people defend it intensely, and I've had people attack it intensely, and all those stuff, all the things that they said are so strongly in my brain whether I wanted it there or not, yeah. that I can't see the movie and not think about Regardless, it. if you yeah. see it now, you're still going to have that in the back of your head. I, yeah, if I had just seen it right away, I could make my own mind up. And honestly, who I wouldn't care except for the the curse of the Oscars is like as soon as a movie gets nominated, everyone in the world now thinks that's a movie worth caring about. Mm. Which American Sniper want, isn't. Yeah, I don't want to care all. about that movie. I hate no, the Oscars. Can we talk plus, about that? Bradley Cooper kind of sucks. I'm going to say I will not I will defend Bradley that. Cooper. I, like I, don't, I don't like him. Why don't you, you are like so wrong? I he's he just strikes me as a smug prick in everything that, that he plays. It, 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 but like it's one of those things where like I just get that vibe from him. So literally anything I see him in, I'm just like, oh fuck it. this guy! Like I can't. Like I if can't I saw him under, on the street, I'd want to spit I, on I him. I cannot even understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> so Bradley Cooper, if I see you on the street, I'm gonna fucking spit on you. Here's the thing: A, I I find him endearing, uh-huh. and B, he's done enough weird things that have kind of worked out for me. And I, I well, like that, that Silver Linings Playbook bullshit. I didn't mind that movie. That was fun. That was a fun movie. You didn't like that movie? I, I didn't like that movie. Wow. I, I, I kind of like that movie. Look, I, I'm fucking. I'm sad enough as it is. I don't need some bullshit movie to make me even sadder. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As much as I've enjoyed his performances, uh, what finally sold me that he can't be that bad a dude was his 
stellar performance as Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. I'll give it to him for Rocket Raccoon. He fucking You didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy? I didn't see it. Oh. Dude, it's... Really? Didn't, didn't see it. Guardians no. is currently my favorite comic book movie. Because that's the thing. Like, I don't have a connection to Guardians of the Galaxy. Neither did Dude, we, though. Neither so... did we. That's what made it so good. There yeah. was nothing to offend me. It's kind of like I've realized... <laughs> I've realized this is why I've actually really enjoyed Arrow and The Flash. Uh-huh. Because you have no connection either, bro. Either Green Arrow. I mean, don't wrong. Well, no, I, I let's be. You don't give a fuck about most of DC comics except for Batman. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I had a little bit of an attachment to Arrow because I read there was a run in the '80s where after he lost his money, he's kind of alcoholic, and then he freaks out. He like kills somebody by mistake, mm-hmm. and he feels really bad about it, and it's like this whole thing. I, for some reason, when I was a kid, like a kid. That's the only Green Arrow comics I had were like his depressed alcoholic run. And I thought it was great. I loved it. And so like I have a brief attachment because of that. So I know the characters a little bit. Yeah. But like when people are like, well, they may mess this up, mess that up. I just don't care as much. Whereas like if there was an X-Men TV show, I'd probably punch myself. I mean like some of those movies make me so upset because I was so obsessed with X-Men. All of those movies make me upset. Yeah. I don't think any of them were Uh, good. I think X2 is okay. Eh. Just okay though. I didn't see Days of Future Past because I knew that it it's my favorite story arc, and I knew that it was just gonna be bad, and it was gonna make me sad. So I didn't even bother with it. Was, it. it was not it, great. It you? was fine. It was it was yeah, it's it not was... amazing though. Yeah, no, I heard I heard it strayed a lot it. from the actual story. But it strayed in ways that that worked for the movie. It worked for the universe. Yeah, but I don't I don't want to see something that works for a movie. I want to see the story. No, the story. The reason you know? it works for me, the reason I, I actually felt good about it, is that. There are a lot of fuck ups in the overall X Men movie verse. That this and wasn't with Days as of bad. Future Past. Not only was it not as bad, it fixed those fuck ups. So moving forward, mm-hmm. we don't got to worry about man. I can't believe they killed off Jean Grey. Well, now Jean Grey's not dead, so mm-hmm. we can just move forward. Like the new storyline allows them now with the Apocalypse movie to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. There's a good chance that Apocalypse movie is going to be bullshit. Yeah, but there's like a 90% chance of that. For it not to be bullshit. Yeah. And that makes me feel good. And honestly, I Oscar, do like Oscar Isaac pick to play I Apocalypse. Love Oscar yeah, Isaac. I love Oscar Isaacs, which is he doesn't is fit with our hate theme, but Oh, because we didn't get a chance to talk about A Most Violent Year, which oh. he was amazing in. Yeah, he was wonderful in that movie. I've seen a lot. This is can I say something really quick? We don't have to go into a full review of A Most Violent Year, but I do want to make one point. I've read too many people say a most violent year is surprisingly not violent, so it wasn't that violent of a year. And I'm like, you know, a most violent year is about that year, which was one of the most violent in the history of New York City. It's not about a dude who has a really violent year. It's, I work with a guy, yeah, who hated that movie because of the name. God damn it! I know it makes me. He told me that he thought that John Wick was a better movie because of all the killing in it. I mean, I like John Wick. Yeah, I like John Wick too. I'm not here to diss John Wick, but. It's not like I thought about John Wick ten minutes after I saw it, other than the capacity of like, man, that guy's awesome with a gun. But like, I, I, you know, I I used our our Twitter account to ask a bit of a snarky question, thinking people would think it was funny, and I was like, you know, John Wick is the kind of movie where you only connect to every kill if you really like dogs, because by the end of that movie, he is this, he's I really think he's killed about a hundred Russian dudes, yeah, because of one dead dog, and I'm like, if you think all of those kills are justified, you have to really like dogs. And, and honestly, I didn't even mean it that much. I just thought it was funny. And people, a couple, uh, not a lot of people, but maybe a, two or three people got mad. Like, they were like, John Wick and blah, blah, blah. Like, like, so, and I'm like, yo, man, I like the movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying, that's a lot of dead Russians. For, yeah, for uh, one dead ass dog. Now, to be fair. Uh, it was a cute dog. It was a very cute dog. Did and you I, see John Wick? I haven't yet, no. It's, 
It's definitely the best thing Keanu Reeves has done in a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's no plot. It's him running around killing Russian gangsters. But they do right. but there's such There's a, a narrative, but it's But there's such good world building. Like yeah. they really build up his without telling you anything about the character. Like there's no direct narrative about the character other than he's got a dog, mm-hmm. dog's dead. As soon as they move forward, they immediately establish and I think very well ways like, oh by the way, this dude is the scariest dude. Like yeah. I think John Wick actually has some real strength in storytelling and they do a good job with Keanu Reeves which is like Keanu Reeves is an instrument you better know how to play yeah you know a lot yeah. of people want to pick up Keanu Reeves and play him like a violin and but you are nah. wasting your damn yeah, time that like, is that a battle axe baby fucking yeah. shred yeah. yeah chop shit with that and move on like, <laughs> you just can't get depth out of that you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think agree. the movie does a good job but getting back to a most violent year it's so funny to me that people don't get that the most violent year they're describing is that year in New York City, which is what the movie's about, is about a moment in time in New York and that sort of experience. Mm. It's not about violence. It's actually, that's not the point of the movie, but yeah. apparently no one got that. And it's know. unbelievable to me because that movie is so good. I thought it was really good. I I, it was I'm really amazing. sad. It, now, is that, a, was that a 2014 release and we just saw it, it late? It was a 2015. It was a 2015 release? But I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Apparently I need I'm wrong to, uh, that kind of thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to... Uh, Make sure I keep track of it so that I'll have it on my list for next year because it's right. a great movie. Yeah, I agree. Even Jessica Chastain was really good in that. I don't really she like her so very good. much, but I thought she was awesome in that movie. Um, I know we're hating on things, though, Is was the theme. Evan, have you seen anything movie-wise recently that, like... That you hated? Just hated. You were just like, what the fuck is this? Why am I watching this? Because you were the most hateful dude I know. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Uh, I watched Mortal Kombat the other day. On purpose? Yeah, Clinton put it on. I you brought you brought back so many mixed emotions for me right now. Yep. Talk to me about your experience of Mortal Kombat before I tell my story. Oh, I mean, I knew it sucked. I'd seen it before, but we were just sitting down and he put it on, and I was like, "Fuck, well, I guess this is the thing." Does Does it amuse you though? Is it funny, bad, or are you just like, "Why am I watching this?" I got like twenty minutes deep and went upstairs. I couldn't fuck with it anymore. Josh, did you just see Mortal Kombat in the theater? No, I saw it on cable. I mean, don't be wrong, great soundtrack. they played that song like 20 times in that movie yeah they did they did play it enough here's the deal with Mortal Kombat for me this is why I have mixed emotions on it Mortal Kombat was the first advanced screening I ever went to in my life I was in high school god that sucks I know I know let me tell you that should should make you not like movies no 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 let me me, man this would be a very different podcast if that took hold no 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 let me paint this picture for you you guys don't understand I was already into martial arts movies to some extent, but they were hard to find at the time. If you remember, like, uh, if you didn't know where to go, which I didn't, it was hard to find good martial arts movies. Jackie Chan hadn't broken through yet. Uh And honestly, respect to Mortal Kombat. If it wasn't for the Mortal Kombat movie, I actually don't think Jackie Chan wouldn't have gotten that 90s break-in that he got. Mm. So uh, when I was in high school, there was this family at the church that I went to named the Hermans. And what was great about the Hermans is that they had a huge pool and a huge deck, and they would let us hang out there all, like literally all so, summer long. So he, he was your friend that you used for his things, but didn't actually. No, they him. were an older couple whose kids had grown up and left. Oh. So they had a huge house with this big pool just in Collingswood, and they would be like, "Hey, you guys just want to come over and swim? It's fine." And like at first, it was like very tentative, and then literally by the end of high school, we would be there at midnight and order pizza to the backyard, and the Hermans were like. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever you guys want to do. We would have, like, parties at their house, like, while they were asleep. And they were, like, totally fine with it. They were the nicest people. So we were there, and it was one of the rare times when their one of their sons was home. 
And he was like, hey, you guys like that video game Mortal Kombat? And we're in the pool hanging out. We're like, yeah, we like Mortal Kombat. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's a movie version. I got all these extra tickets for an advanced screening. You guys want to go? And we're like, yeah, we want to go. Mortal Kombat, it sounds great. So, like, first of all, to me, the perfect summer experience is a day spent in the pool that ends in you going to a movie at night. That is, like, right. summer to me. So that, that We have done that this past summer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And that, so that says summer to me. So already it's, like, whatever my brain. So then we get to the movie theater, and it's, like, pretty packed. So we get these seats, and we're towards the back. And in front of us is this whole row of people. And uh, after some parsing out of them talking to each other and interacting with some of our friends that are with us, we have figured out that this is a uh, Cherry Hill gang, so put quotes around this, right. They call themselves the Filipino Mafia. That's amazing. And they are a little thugged out, but we're fine. We're like, that's cool. We're all at the movie. It's great. Uh-huh. And then they have the whole row, the entire row of the movie theater. All of a sudden, some friends of theirs come, and their friends want us to evacuate our row, which we have 10 seats in a row. They want three of us to just leave so they can have the seats to sit by their friends. And we say no. And this dude starts wiling out on us, like, well, I'll fucking kill you, whatever, like getting cray. And his friends are just sitting there looking at us to see what we're going to do. And we're, I was like 16. I'm not a tough dude. I, I don't fight. But I was just like, nah, man, go find a seat. And so he eventually just gave up and walked off. And the entire row of dudes, who I expect now to be like, not through like, yo, man, that's right. You tell them, man. Like, don't, yeah, we hate that guy anyway. That's fine. Like, they were all, and so we were like, oh, cool. We're like friends with these guys now. You know, like, they were totally be friends with them. So this is what happens. As you know, the movie starts out, it comes up, and immediately that theme song kicks in. Yeah. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> At that moment, and then every moment throughout the movie where that song gets played, the entire row of the Filipino Mafia stand up and start high-fiving and chest-bumping each other. That's it dope. comes up, Mortal Kombat! They're like, yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> chest-bump, high-five, chest-bump, and like... Normally in a movie theater, this is the worst possible experience. But for us, we're 16. We're excited. I would also like to say this story is making me weep for my sorrowful country. (laughs) But go on. It doesn't matter. I'm sure in another situation I would think these dudes were not cool. But in that moment, it's, it's 1130 at night. I'm seeing Mortal Kombat. I can't believe this is happening to me. These dudes' excitement made me excited. So I was like, fuck yeah, dudes. It got to the point where during the last fight scene, there was a climactic fight scene. They did it again. Me and my friends did it too. We got up and started high fiving, like, yeah, fucking Mortal Kombat. Yo, so we... How does the song not get you pumped, though? It's, it's so ridiculous. I mean, when, uh, when we went to watch Ink Master the one day, Clint put that on, and me, Clint, and Donnie just stood in the living room, did really fast karate for like 15 minutes. <laughs> So anyways, so here's, the, so here's the thing. After Mortal Kombat, as you know, the theaters were flooded with martial arts-related movies. Right, and I got right. deeper and deeper into the actual genre. So that once that happens, you go back to Mortal Kombat and you're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? It's like, but like, it's like that's people, still the entry drug. It's like people who got into hardcore. Well, this apparently doesn't happen because people like this. But normally when people get into hardcore via new metal, they go back and go, oh, fuck, I can't believe I like this bullshit. Now yeah. I like this other thing. Young kids, apparently not. A lot of those kids like... There were a lot, of, a lot of Slipknot shirts at the fest this year. Yeah, that's weird. That was a bummer. It's a real understand. bummer. But the point is, is that even though I know Mortal Kombat is actually a terrible movie, it was so important to me at the time. It was such an exciting memory. It's hard for me to like... Hate on it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But it's bad. It's so bad. It's no, such a terrible movie. Good. Yeah, terrible. no, no. The nothing about it. Yeah. The acting's bad. Our man Caleb worked bad. on the special effects in that movie, though. So that's one thing that I can't hate on it for. 
Because we love Caleb. I mean, we do love Caleb. So. You work with what you have, I guess. <laughs> Did you guys see the sequel? No. The yeah, sequel I saw, I've is seen most of it. Amazingly worse. Wow. Oh yeah, it's real bad. Really? We also watched that during the week. <sighs> Good God, lord, so man. Yeah. I think it was out of sequence though. Self-hating dudes just yeah. watching Mortal Kombat movies like it ain't no thing. Yeah. Oh, we also Man. watched Kickboxer that week, and that was dope. That movie rules. I yeah, actually guys. like Kickboxer, even though it's you know Jean Claude Van Damme is kind of bullshit, but he has a couple of movies that like kind of appeal to me. Kickboxer being one, uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport's great. And I can't one, even tell the, one, the two apart. And what's the one where he has a mullet and he punches a snake? Lionheart. Hard target, hard, hard target. target. Yeah, 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 I will. Yeah, yeah. I will actually say, hard target is the best shot. We should do an episode of just JCVD movies. Yo, we should do an episode have you seen, of so many things. Have you seen Expendables too? No. Oh, he's, yes, he's, yes, I he did. He was perfect in that movie. Yeah, he was pretty good in that movie. Uh, wow. I hate all the Expendables. When he when he held that knife, when he had the guy movies. hold the knife up to the one young guy, and then he like <sighs> spin kicked to the knife into his chest. That shit was ill. <laughs> this is the thing that I don't understand because in general. My experience of discussing movies with Evan is me saying, oh, I kind of like this, and then being like, oh, it's, it's bullshit. And the only place this doesn't happen is the Expendables movies, which you love, they're fucking and great. I think they're yeah. terrible. I hate them. Because here's the yeah, thing. I, I grew up watching, like, shitty fucking action movies with my father when I was younger, because it was just like, this is great. I'm going to watch First Blood when I'm, like, 10. So, like, first, first yeah, of all, First Delta Blood Force is not and... shitty. No, no, no I'm, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, like, like, I watched those films with my dad, and then, like, later on I got into, like, French expressionist films and like you know things like that but like, we it, talk about you know, so much sleazy movies the fact yeah. that you went to French expressionist is like so Pretty funny good, like, yeah. you know I, I, I had, talk about that like, I own I own that shit I own like you know yeah, Breathless I mean, and Paradise but wouldn't yeah. you rather watch The Exterminator or something like that like, yeah if someone's like, hey, you want to watch La Ventura or, like, I don't know, fucking... I don't even know at this point. Like, I can't even come up with a, a, a shitty, trashy equivalent. Like, <laughs> like the big dollhouse. Like, I don't, you know... You know which way I'm leaning, but... How about this? This is the other thing I want to talk about. Yeah. There are certain movies that have tropes in them that I cannot enjoy, period. Due to life experience, due to whatever, I will never be able to enjoy these movies. I love that we've just made this transition to something that's actually, like, a serious topic. Yeah. I like that. Go. You're I will welcome. forever never be able to enjoy movies with punks in them. That's so funny. This is Evan's favorite genre. Yeah, I, the love, I well, love movie the punks. The Hollywood punks. It's great. You enjoy that. That's so, okay yeah, with sure. you. So, it reminds me of one time when I was a kid, they were doing those compilation records that they'd sell on TV, like those KTEL records. Yeah. And one was like, oh, this is punk rock, dude. And they had Huey Lewis on the news on there. Sure. But I like and, it because it's so yeah. wrong. Like <laughs> that's why. Like, like, do you like the, actual punk movies? Like, do you like like dudes or like? Um, yeah, for sure. I love Class nineteen eighty four. Class nineteen eighty four. I know you love Repo Man. That's I like love, one of Repo Man's yeah. probably one of my like Repo top Man five is an movies. amazing movie. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, but like the fake punks, like the wrong punks. It's just funny to me. Like, it's just such a caricature. So that I get a, I get a so kick this, out of it. I recently um and and I I need to figure out a way for us to if we can get connected to Fandor because yeah. that's if we could get that for free that'd be. Sick. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to pay for it anymore. I have, a, I have a free hookup for Fandor for writing about it for Synapse. And uh, Fandor is great. If you are looking for a new video streaming service, it's so worth it. And on there, they have a movie How much called, is it a month? You know what? Because I get it for free, I have no fucking I think idea. it's like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, maybe. I, I set it up on like New Year's Eve and watched The Exterminator, and it was cool. And so, I just didn't remember how much it was after that. Cause... So literally with Fandor, like I was sitting there one night, and I was like – Oh, I could watch. Uh, I mean, like, you can watch all kinds of stuff, but I was trying to decide between Dogtooth, Castle Freak, Punk <laughs> Vacation, Adventures of a Nudist, 
Uh, oh fuck! I watched that, "Thou Shalt Not Kill" except yeah, that was great. <laughs> well, and, and let me be clear: we're talking about mostly the trashy movies. They also have a huge Criterion selection. They also, at one section, they had twenty different Charlie Chaplin movies. You know, wow. like rare shit. Like yeah. that's what Fandor is: is the rare shit. And, I watched Psychomania the yeah, other day on that. And that movie's rare great. Shit, they'll put artsy French movies, and they'll also put like. Really bad black exploitation, like not like respectable black exploitation, yeah. like awful black exploitation. They have it, you know, like right, you know right, the right. the boss one. Oh right, I yeah. like boss actually. Yeah, it's for not sure. Well done, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, anyway, so uh, I was watching uh, this movie Punk Vacation, uh, and I was talking to the dudes about this over breakfast. How like first of all, it's one of those movies where punk just means anyone dressed poorly. <laughs> And every time they're hanging out, they have music on. None of the music is punk rock. It's not even, like, close to punk rock. Right. Uh, and then the idea is, like, uh, you know, it's a small town. They're very isolated. There's this uh, bar, diner owner guy, and he's obviously a little defensive. And these punks come up, and the punk is acting a little bit crazy. I mean, he's not, he's, you know, whatever. And the dude pulls his gun. Oh, what is that picture of? What is this? That's from the Turnstile show last night. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, well, let's not interrupt the show for that. Though. Sorry, that just so, gives me stress looking so, at it. Um, so anyway, so the, the punk vacation, uh, of course he pulls his gun on these punks, which then they kill him, or uh, and then one of them gets hit by a cop. and It's like a whole thing. But the whole idea that, like, this is the thing with the Hollywood punks I was getting to, is that, like, punks are just become a stand-in for... Some honestly, other fringe group. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's preferable because... The movies that weren't using punks for that fringe group, they were just using minorities. Like, yeah. yeah, it was just black and Hispanic <laughs> people. So the fact that the movie's like, well, we've, we've done enough movies about dangerous minorities. Let's do dangerous punks. That's right. actually, I guess, a step up in some sense. But the punks, because all they are is a stand-in for dangerous youth, uh-huh. They never get the details, right? They're just like, yeah, put a bracelet on them and uh, a dangly earring. Yeah, well, worst. shit, you remember, uh, what's his name from uh, Bill Paxton in Terminator when he was oh, a punk? Yeah, he's yeah, a punk. Yeah. He's and a he has the, it looks like someone like drove a car over his face and he's like <laughs> shitty spiky hair. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. See, that's a bummer, man. I can't, you know, another scene is the uh, or movie Return of the Living Dead. Oh, oh, those punks are perfect. Oh, my God. So great. You have Leanna Quigley dancing naked on a tombstone, and that's punk. When I was a kid, that girl was the hottest girl in the world. To me. She's still pretty hot. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah, have you seen her time, workout video? Like, she was one of the first nude women I saw in a movie. Really? Return of the Living Dead. I was like, oh. It's a good, it's a good, place, it's a good place to start, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, amazed. I was like, holy shit, she was oh, living queer. What, do you think this is a fucking costume? Here's another kind of movie trope that I hate, that I'm unable to enjoy. Okay, mental people in movies. Mental mm-hmm. patients in movies. As you know, I've worked in a mental hospital for the past 12 Well, years. you had mixed feelings on Silver Linings Playbook, though. Well, no, but see, the thing is, Silver Linings Playbook was written by a guy who did my job for 10 years. Yeah, that's true. So, so it's a little it's more... A little bit more my acceptable. feeling on that movie is that they get it right up to a certain point, Yeah, at which then, point it would be hard to keep... It would be hard for the plot to keep going and for them to be as crazy as they are, yeah. so they just stop being crazy. Is so, that movie also set in Delco? It is. Yeah, no, it, that dude is they from... They filmed it there, yeah. That dude quit his job teaching at Haddonfield High School yeah. to write that book. Mm-hmm. And dude. he was a mental health worker before that. Yeah. So. I listened to an interview with him, and he seems like actually the coolest guy. Yeah. He and was he, at the screening we were at, didn't wasn't he? Yeah, but I didn't interact with him. Right yeah, now. no, we didn't. But still, he was there. But. So, but mental people in movies 
I that. can't take. I thought about when we watched um, was it New Year's Evil for oh, that yeah. last episode that oh, we did yeah, with Evan, yeah, yeah, and uh, they have the mental also patients fake in there. punks. Yeah, fake punks in that movie as well. <laughs> All over that movie. This is two for four. Dude, the mental patients. I hate movies specifically from the eighties where it just they show. Not counting One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I think is pretty... I mean, like that's not even really about mental people. But yeah. mental patience in movies, to me, is such a sensationalized thing that, like... And it gets it so wrong, and it's people, and it, it just bums me out super hard. I don't know why. I can't enjoy, you know, people in gowns just walking around as being stupid. I will say, one of the things that really bums me out is when um, there's this feeling that uh, if you have a movie, like an action movie... And a lot of times in an action movie, there'll be like sort of a ramp up of the violence so that the star is fighting more and more people and it's getting more extreme. And then they'll have him fight whoever the last person is, the guy who's the progenitor of all the bad things. And it's just assumed that that person is going to be actually tough to fight, even if in reality. So like the most recent example of this was Mission Impossible 4. Right. Where Tom Cruise has beat up half the fucking world. A million dudes he's beat up. He gets to the end of the movie, and the dudes, he's fighting a scientist. And it's hard. It's like a, a drawn-out fight scene. And I'm like, are you just tired? Is that what I'm supposed to say? Is that he's tired? And that's why this is... A- do, you, do you remember when that first one wasn't, like, a bullshit action movie yeah. also? It yeah, was actually, like, a, a well-done thriller? Great. It's, yeah. like, a serious movie. Yeah, for sure. And then other, here's the thing about the other Mission Impossibles. I, don't, I actually don't hate any of them. Like, they're all fine. But... None of them are exceptionally good, though. No, that's no. so weird. The first one is so good yeah. that it makes the other ones bad by Because the first one had so many, like, nods to the actual TV show, which yeah. was great. Yeah. And, like, I'm a big fan of, like, the 60s TV show. Yeah. So it worked out really well. And then they just turned it into, like, a I mean, blockbuster film. lots of elements of Mission Impossible 4 are endearing. And I saw an IMAX, so it was fun to watch. So it wasn't a terrible experience. But this is something that happens a lot in movies where someone who has shown that they can beat up everyone ever... Uh, gets to the final person, and all of a sudden, it's super tough. You know what's a silly example, actually, to me? Uh, and it's not quite the same thing, but it, it, it sort of reflects the same idea. Is, uh, did you ever see that Capoeira movie? Uh, the one starring Mark DeCosta is called Only the Strong? Yes. Yes. Why does the gang guy have to also know Capoeira? It doesn't make any They're sense. They're like warring Capoeira gangs in Miami. Isn't that a thing? They just roam around yeah. playing songs? No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but like those, those sorts of decisions, yeah. those get on my nerves. Like, like I'm willing to follow you. Like if you've Within the logic of the movie, I'm supposed mm. to believe that this guy can beat up 30 dudes. Then I'm like, okay, that guy can beat up 30 dudes. So don't then be like, oh, but this one dude who we haven't shown you has any physical abilities whatsoever. This fight's hard. You, I'm watching it going, you're just doing this because dramatically it feels like it makes sense, but it doesn't make any sense. That <laughs> you know what the matters. perfect example of that is? What? Roadhouse. Yes. Oh my god. So yes. you mean to tell me Patrick motherfucking Swayze yeah. is going to rip Karate Master's throat out with his hand Yeah, and he can't beat Ben Gazzara in a fair one? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Ben Gazzara, oh shit, oh man, the dad from Buffalo 66, he's got a spear, he's gonna kick my ass, I'm Patrick Swayze, come on man, really? Yeah, 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 Oh, the Swayze man. Oh man, crazy for Swayze. That's another thing we should do is a Swayze film test. Called it crazy for Swayze. But Brandon Wallace used to call it crazy for Swayze, but it was about Cody Swayze, Patrick Swayze's brother. Gross. (laughs) So good. What things do you hate about movies, Evan, other than movies? Like, what things in movies that you see you're like, 
fuck this. No way. Yeah, fuck. I wish I... I think emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like I don't like things don't like, that make me emote in any way. You don't like lovey-dovey stories? Yeah, I mean, it depends, I think. I feel like you're okay with tragic love stories. I'm not like a fucking soulless monster. No, you are you know? a soulless monster. No, no, no. What I mean is, though, I don't think you like sentimentality is what I mean. No, not really. Yeah. Like, Occasionally, like the notebook. No. The notebook. I... Yeah, nah. I can't get down with the Notebook, but you know, a movie that's really sentimental that I like is uh, Big Fish. Yeah, that's a yeah. very sentimental movie, and I love it. See, most sentimental movies, though, to me, come off as like fucking I Am Sam. Remember that fucking? Movie? Oh god, oh, I couldn't fucking take that shoot movie. Myself in the face. God damn it. God. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, like I can, I, I can deal with films that are like emo- Like uh, what was that fucking movie that uh, Clint Eastwood did? With Sean Penn, speaking of Sean Penn, oh, Mystic oh, River, Mystic River, like that was good. I like that. Liked, is I, liked, I thought that was good. That's the movie that makes me hate other Clint Eastwood movies because I'm like, you made Mystic River, motherfucker. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Although Gran Torino was great. I'm, I'm, I've, fuck that movie. I've never I'm laughed so much in a film in my entire life. Oh my yeah, I mean, I think what you love about that movie is probably what I hate about that movie. <laughs> probably. <laughs> fuck that movie. Well, yeah, no, but that's the thing. This is what I'll say. Mystic River, though, is an emotional movie, but it's not yeah. a sentimental movie. It's actually right. kind of a brutal movie in a, in a way. Yeah. And that I will defend totally. Like, I don't, if, if, if I'm watching Mystic River and I'm getting emotional, someone's like, oh, I can't believe you're getting emotional with this. I'm like, I don't feel bad about that. But but I mean, when the movie you know, with the puppy makes me feel emotional, yeah. well, then I, I feel The bad. old yeller syndrome. It, it yeah, ha- yeah. Sometimes, you know, it, sometimes it happens. Like, things will hit me, you know, like, like that Futurama episode with the dog. I, oh, I will wow. fucking cry every time I see that. Oh, I wow. can't sit through it. When I was a kid, uh, you, you, you ever see Dances with Wolves? Yeah. Uh-huh. I liked it when they called it Avatar, but go on. God damn it. <laughs> Remember when the wolf gets shot in Dances with Wolves? Uh-huh. shooting at the wolf? Yeah. When I was a kid, I would cry like a baby, and I don't even know why. Well, shit, do you remember when Futurama came back and they made those movies? What? Huh? When it, when it was, like, canceled, and then they made, like, three or four films? No, i never seen them. No. Yeah. They're like the one – it was like the dog episode but like an hour and a half long. And it was when I was in college and I just got dumped by my long-term girlfriend and I was like a fucking sad sack, like miserable piece of shit. Weird. And I was I was at my apartment and I was like by myself and I was just totally despondent. My roommate had bought all these. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch a Futurama movie because that's going to make me feel good because I love Futurama. And it's going to be funny and it's about Bender and how could I not like that? And I watched it, and it was, like, the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, the whole time, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this did not do what I wanted it to. This did the opposite of what I wanted it to do. Huh. It's like, oh, man, I feel so terrible. I'm going to watch an anime. Let's watch Grave of Fireflies. That should help. I know, right? Fuck you in your face. I want to feel good. Let's put Schindler's List on. (laughs) Yeah, let's watch Dancer in the Dark. But here's an example when you went anime. Spirited Away makes me emotional. Does it really? Yeah. Real emotional. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's a, I think what's weird to me is that I could watch a movie that's like emotionally brutal, just like a cruel, unforgiving movie, uh-huh. and then I could follow it up with like certain kinds of like. Here's the thing: I can't get down with sappy movies that are romantically sappy movies. Uh-huh. Those just feel so stupid to me, like so narcissistic. Like I can't even deal with romantic movies unless they're like tragically romantic movies. I so, some West Side Story type what, shit. What straight romantic movie do you feel like is worth it? I mean, worth it? Probably none, but I'll watch them if they're on. That you which like. which one you do you like? Do you like any? Uh, 
I wouldn't. I like is a word I wouldn't use, but like. Okay, you can. Stand I saw. Tolerate. I saw. What was that Nick Nora's Infinite Playlist? You I saw, saw that. that. But, that's, but that's funny. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I can see a movie like that and be like, it's fine. I don't know. I have no real opinion if on it. If a either romantic way, comedy but... gets the comedy angle right, then sometimes I can put up with it. Like what? I mean, when Harry met Sally. Okay. I think All that right. movie's funny yeah, and endearing. It's a good movie. Uh, I don't love it. Like, I think people obsess over it, unfortunately. Harold and Maude. Oh, shit. You've got mail. <laughs> I would kill myself. <laughs> Sleepless I, in Seattle. I hate yeah. both those movies, and I never understand. that. To me, that should have been the end. What is amazing about Tom Hanks is that those were not the end of his career. That he right. went no, from right. those two shitty movies and went, we can do better. And he just did, did better movies. He did Castaway, though. So, yeah. you know. I love Castaway. Good movie. Good movie. He had me, and then when when he lost Wilson, I was like, "Fuck, man!" <laughs> you know, people still say that the Wilson thing to him, and he goes along with it. Like, it made me kind of sad, though. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Fuck, that's all he has, and it's gone now, and he's just Yo, on this thing." If I was like, Tom Hanks, when people yelled Wilson or gave me Wilson balls, I would be like, "Yeah, no, that's it's been years now, guys. Let's move on." But Tom Hanks is the kind of dude that's like, eh, "That's great." Like he like goes along with it. I'm like, because yeah, he's, he's be not so he's not an asshole. Yeah, I will say this. Like a really nice. Let's yeah. let's, let's, let's take a brief uh tangent here speaking of tom hanks i just recently watched a video talking about uh joe versus the volcano oh man uh the roger ebert website uh which is still alive even though roger ebert is not there are a bunch of critics who write for that site it's still yeah, good yeah, yeah. it's a he great still website has a theater in chicago yeah, no, it's the great ebert theater but let's go back to the movie I think you're wrong. I fucking love that. Do movie. you love Joe versus the Volcano? Here's my feeling about Joe versus the Volcano. The whole point of the video was to say people attacked it because it was ridiculous, but that's the point, and it's actually kind of brilliant. And I'm watching it, I remembered my experience of seeing Joe versus the Volcano in the theater, uh-huh. <laughs> and I loved it. And not only did I love it, though, I will say it had one bad effect on me. Because the whole thing with Joe versus the Volcano is it starts off in this horrible work environment. That's like basically German impressionistic film. Like it's like so over the top awful. And then Joe slowly looks like literally they went out of their way to make him look healthier and healthier throughout the movie as he was ever. But that initial impression of work, that's why it's hard for me to work. Like literally when I was a kid and I saw that movie and I saw that awful office he worked in, I was literally like, oh, that's what work is. That's what work. That's a literal. That's what the capitalist society is. Literally eight. And I was I was like, I think eight or nine when that movie came out. I saw it in the theater. And uh, uh, my mom hated her job. Like she, all she would talk about is how much she hated her job. Uh-huh. And no bust on her. Like she just had bad jobs. And uh, and uh, her distaste for her job combined with Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> I seriously had like years where I would have nightmares about working. Really, I would have nightmares where it was like, oh, I'm going to spend the next forty years in a uh, you know. Uh, fluorescent lighted room typing things and hating my life and only enjoying my evenings before I had to go to bed Mm. and that just sounded like hell to me so like I remember when I was in high school people used to say you know you always had an edgy friend that was like high school's prison high school's like prison and I remember one of those kids saying that to me and me going how's it any better than work Seems like we're always going to be in prison, my friend. And he was just like, like I was the worst human ever for saying that. And I was like, just saying. And, I, and it was only watching this video about Joe versus the Volcano, I realized a lot of the imagery in my head when I was a kid about that. Now, to be fair. Directly related to Joe versus yeah, the Volcano. Now, to be fair, since then, I've actually had jobs I love and whatever. But I just, it, it was watching it then, that thing about it, I was like, that really impacted me as a kid. So yeah. now I want to rewatch the movie. I haven't watched it in 
15 years. That's what Breakfast Club did to me about high school. I thought high school was going to have neon in my library and stuff, and it did did not. They're going to get high in the library? Yeah, it's going to get high with the boys in the library while the girls in makeup? Like, no. None of that happened. Got you for two days. (laughs) Fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so convinced that's how it was going to be. We're going to dance. It was going to be nice. I don't know. So this episode has been all over the place, so I don't know how to aim us towards an end. I mean, I gotta pee, so if that helps at all. Well, what I mean is, topic-wise. Eh, let's just bring it home. <laughs> Fuck it. Hey, thank you guys for listening. I hope this has been a fun listen, even though we were all over the place. Yeah. I didn't talk about anything that I hated that I've seen recently. Yeah, what do you hate? Man, there's lots of things I hate, but uh, <laughs> as far as like movies I saw that were a real bummer, I don't know. Um... All the movies I've seen recently, I went to a screening of Prince of Darkness. That was awesome. Great time. A lot of people told me, oh, that's, that's a boring Carpenter movie. No it's way. definitely the boring Carpenter movie. I love movie. it. Oh, it's movie. so good. Yeah, it's it's so favorites. good. And seeing it on film was beautiful. I went yeah. up to Bay. Did it you was see Big Trouble in Little China? No, so A, that's like now. Like, I think uh, that was this weekend. Oh, uh, it was and, this weekend. Yeah. And B, Fuck. it was digital anyway. Oh, well. The only ones I wanted to see that were on film I missed. They did Thing on film. They did Halloween on film. They haven't done Escape from L.A. yet. I will punch myself in the balls. Yeah, no, I'm not going to New York. Uh, I really wanted to see In the Mouth of Madness, actually, on film. And I missed it. So that was a bummer. So I was glad I got to see Prince of Darkness on film. That was cool. Uh, And then I went to the Cronenberg triple feature. Right. Was that a good time? Uh, The print of Scanners was beautiful. Uh, I had just watched it recently. So I really, I watched it up to the head explosion. How good did Michael Ironside look? Amazing. And then I went and got food, and then I came back for, like, the big climactic end. Yeah. And it's so funny because this is the one thing I will say that I hate, actually. This is where I'll go with this. I hate ironic hipster crowds. Yeah. There were definitely people at the Cronenberg screening who were there to mock the movies, who were there to, like, laugh. So, like, during the climactic, like, fight fight with Ironside and the other dude, to me, there's nothing funny about that scene. That's not a funny scene. And dudes, literally dude was like, you know, you know that laugh that's like, I want everyone to hear me laughing. Yeah. The laugh is the joke is that I'm laughing. Dude was doing that during that scene. I was getting incensed. And then I didn't realize. And, and then the person I, who was there, uh, my friend Aaron was there uh, and she had stayed for the whole thing. She's like, he's been doing that the whole movie. And then Dead Zone was the next movie, which is not a great movie, but it, it's fun. And he was doing it again. And I'm like. Yo, man, there are plenty of things to laugh at in Dead Zone. He was just laughing at... There's a difference between there being a line that's stupid or something silly happens and you laugh. And another between like, oh, is this a really dark moment? It was like so annoying. The only thing that sucked about that other than the hipster, ironic, like, oh, old movies, they're so stupid crowd, was also that uh, they ended the triple feature with Naked Launch. Which I, that's, of the three, that was the one that I really was bummed about missing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I love my wife, but she is not a late night person. So mm. trying to get her to watch Naked Lunch. At like 12 at night. And the whole thing ran late. It uh, was like, yeah. Naked Lunch was supposed Sorry. to go on probably like 10.30, and it went on almost midnight. So it was just uh, like, it was just not going to happen. So literally I was like, well, it's fine. I'll let her sleep a little bit. It'll be fine. And it got to the point where she was like, dead asleep kind of snoring a little bit and I was like <laughs> I can't do this to her it's so uncomfortable you've been in those yeah seats. those seats are terrible yeah. I've tried to sleep in those seats it's no, the worst not feeling happening, yeah. and, I, and like, the thing is is like I'm not gonna do that to Susan like I just felt bad so I was like let's go I'll see Naked Lunch another time but yeah. um, I, I, I like Naked Lunch it's been a long time since I've seen it though so like watching it there were parts I forgot 
Yeah. And it was so funny because the first time the bug shows up with the anus and it talks out of its anus, yeah. Suze was like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> and I thought, that's good. Maybe she'll stay awake because she's so like, what the fuck is going on? But she still falls asleep. It was like when I watched Holy Mountain with my dad and he got, yeah. he got to you the, do that? Cause he like he wanted to watch a movie that I like I got it in the mail and he was like oh what are you watching and I I didn't know how to explain it to him and I was like oh weird art movie and he's like all right and he st- he stayed up for a little bit and he got to the scene where he woke up in that room full of Jesuses and started smashing them yeah and he just looked at me and he just looked so unhappy and he's like I'm going to bed and went upstairs the uh, you, you guys know I know you've interacted with him on the internet Justin Harlan yes. Uh, I don't think you know him, but he's, I don't. he's a guy who went to... Oh, you did. You met him. We went to breakfast. I feel when? bad to say this about Justin. He dresses like he listens to Ska still, because he does still listen to Ska. I love Ska. When was this? We were at One Shot. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very yeah. nice dude. We love Justin a lot. He's a big supporter of the podcast. I feel bad that I just described you as a guy who still listens to Ska. I love Ska, and I still listen to Ska. I don't but you don't fuck. dress like it. Shout out to Phil Sanish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, Justin, uh, we do this thing for Synapse. I, the joke is that I think Justin doesn't know anything about movies and has bad taste, uh, which is only partly true. It's mostly because if it was really true, I wouldn't joke. You mess with someone about stuff that, you know, whatever. Anyways, point being, we do this thing where I assign him movies and then he writes about the movies. And it's kind of fun because he's a bit of an outsider perspective, but he thinks about, like, because I've assigned him, he thinks about them. So the, he came up with his own assignment. I didn't come up with it. He just said, I had this idea. I should just watch Jodorowsky movies and then watch Jodorowsky's Dude. And I was like, are you sure you want to do that? And he's like, well, I won't watch them all. I'll just do four. And I'm like, four is already a lot. Yeah. So he did El Topo, Holy Mountain, Santa Sangre, and Dance of Reality. Yo, I fucking love El Topo, though. And then yeah. he's watching Jodorowsky's Dude. And so I keep checking in with him. And I'm like, how are you? He's like, it was so... It was so... It was so intense, and it was kind of awful, but it was kind of amazing, and I, I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, it's so offensive, but there's something deeply, like, like soulful and moral about him, even as there's, like, shit and stuff. And, and I was just like, I was like, yeah. It's so funny Man. because he's just reacting. And, like, so, this is yeah. what I said to him. I said to him before we watched him. I'm like, don't try to figure them out. Yeah. Just respond to them. Let them affect you, and then think about that. And he's like... I've written so much about these movies because they're so fucking with me. I was like, that's great. Okay, we should just wrap up. I think we're just about done, right? It's starting to snow and shit. Is it starting to snow? Oh, that's why Susan called me to be like, come home. Yeah. 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 All right, well, from snowy Philadelphia. Right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a hateful experience for you. Big ups to uh, all the people who hype us on the Twitters. And on the Facebooks. And, Nick and, and Justin Harlan yes. and uh, Matt McCracken and all kinds of folks. We got a lot of stuff coming up that's going to be pretty interesting as it unfolds. So stay tuned for interesting because it's coming. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say, Evan? No, not really. All right. Evan has to pee so bad. I just I want to really got pee. I told yeah. you the bathroom's right over there, dude. I'm not going to be rude, though. We're not done yet. Liam does it all the time. Smoke bomb! Bye. So I forgot that. Um, that reminds me. My sister works with Planned Parenthood, and they get these, like, they get hate mail all the time. And they got yeah. one, they got one thing that's like a little business card, and it's literally just a giant swastika. And it has like the RUF eighty two, wherever like the abortion pill is. And it uh-huh. just says that, and then she says Hitler would have loved it. And I remember being in her office and seeing that on her desk, and I was oh just my like, God. 
Yoink. <laughs> and uh, I was using that as a bookmark for a while oh. and totally forgot about it and went to work the one day and I pulled that out and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And like flipped it over really That's quickly. Good. That's really, really good. Yeah, good bookmark though. 